Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. We get, I get the honor and privilege today to um, do something different. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know how it's going to work out. We, we didn't rehearse this, but um, I will tell you this. There have been many a nights that I've been out in our parking lot till 11 o'clock talking to this man. So I, I believe that we could at least make it to 11 o'clock a.m. We could probably make it to 11 o'clock p.m. this morning. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but um, we, we talked about this at the end of service last week. And Pastor Ben, he's like, I never want to take anything away from Father's Day or anything. I said, no, we, we, need, to, we need to inform the church because this is, this is something to celebrate. Um, the Herzog family have been feeling called to lead pastor. And, and they've been praying and they've been uh, such a, a joy and uh, open book. And as they, they, we've talked, and um, the Lord opened the door for them to step in and walk out their calling. And I think what really happened is he's been on staff with me for three years, and he thought, well, if he can do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. And so um, with that said, what we're going to do today, we're going to take this as an opportunity to kind of, let's talk about the call of God, the will of God, and what that looks like is we all, we, we all have to hash these questions out. It's not just for pastors who feel vocationally called to ministry. We are all called to ministry. If you are a doctor, you're called to ministry as a doctor. If you are um, an assistant, if you're a grocery store bagger, if, if you're retired, you are called to ministry. You're not exempt from ministry just because you are not in what we would call ministry. No, we are all in ministry if we follow Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that today. So Pastor Ben, if you would like to come... I'm going to take this side because my beautiful wife is over here and she'll give me, she'll, she'll, she'll tell me when I need to wrap it up and she'll start tapping on her watch. And she'll be like, you answer that question 10 times. <laughs> but before we get going, like we, we just kind of have some questions that we're going to ask. And but is there anything like you would want to want to say before we get the the ball rolling about our subject matter or anything like that? Um, so for those of you, if it, whether you're hearing this for the first time or or you first heard about it last week, and then you've been wondering uh, kind of where what's happening and where did this come from or anything like that. Um, about a year ago, a, uh, a pastor that I've served under um, called me up and said, hey, I'm looking to, I'm looking to uh, resign, but I'm, I'm not wanting to do the traditional model. Uh, I'd like to leave this into the hands of someone that I know and trust. Would you consider um, taking the church and following me? And I'm like, <laughs> initially what I wanted to say is, are you kidding me right now? No, that's not at all something I would consider. Um, but I said, like, like most, most of us say, I'll pray about it. And I literally meant that. Um, and I did, and I wrestled that to the ground, and I, we came to a place where it was like, no, that's not what God has for us. Um, but I remembered saying to Ash, I said, but if, if that church was in Middle Tennessee, I would absolutely put my name in the hat. And that's the first time in my life that I ever would have been more than just willing, but I would have been eager to step into that type of a calling. And for whatever reason, it was that invitation that ended up not being what God had for us, but it was that invitation that was kind of like the key that unlocked maybe a compartment of my heart that's been closed because my dad pastored my whole life, and I've really been closed off to ever lead pastoring before because I've seen uh, 
some of the behind the scenes stuff and I'm thankful for healthy places, healthy churches like the one we have here. And, uh, but I've seen the other side of it too, like some of you have. And I, um, but I knew in that moment that that was a work of the Holy Spirit that he had done in my heart because I was genuinely excited about that. And then I told Ash, I was like, I think, I think a new door is about to open, although it's not this one because our heart has changed. And, um, up until this point, my heart has always been, I would love to come alongside the man or woman that God has called to lead and come right beside them and say, how can we do this? Yeah. No, isn't it interesting, though, like how when when we kind of determine, like I, I said, I would never lead pastor. And um, God, I think, sometimes laughs at our nevers. <laughs> but um, so God... God sparked that moment in your heart and made, made, made you start thinking about like, oh, is this, is this, is this the Lord? So that kind of actually leads us into that first question is how, how do you find your calling or purpose in life? Um, for, for you, like that, that, that invitation, but it, it started something, right? Yes. Um, you know, this is a, that's a, that's a, such a, such a deep question too. It's like, it's a simple one, but it's not easy to answer. It's, no. um, there's a, Pastor Rick Warren wrote a whole book on this concept is like, how do you find your purpose and what is my purpose in life? And it's a question we all wrestle with and regardless of where you're at, what stage or season in life you're in. Um, I think there's probably endless parts to this, but as I've just thought through the kind of that question is it to us, two things come to mind is that, that God wants to reveal, so first and foremost, God wants to reveal our calling or our purpose to us. It, yeah. That Sometimes yeah, that's good. I've grown up with this thought of like God's this mean kid with a magnifying glass and I happen to be the ant that he's looking for. And we have this twisted view of like that God's keeping something from me or he's playing hide and go seek with my calling or my purpose and like... Hope you figure it out. Have fun with that. And we're like, just spent in our existence in frustration, never feeling like we found what he has for us, yeah. but that God wants us to know our calling and our purpose more than we want to know our knowing, yeah. our calling and our purpose. Um, and so that first and foremost, but I think from that flows that there's a now and a not yet element to calling and or purpose. Yeah. There's something about that in the no, kingdom that there's like a now and then a not yet that we enjoy uh, being saved, but then we're not fully there yet, right? It's we're not, we not get to see him face to face. So, but with that comes so many dimensions of the Christian walk is that there's a now and then a not not yet time. And yeah, I think, it's kind of like a plant that's that, that's planted. Like you water that plant until it outgrows the pot, and so yeah. like you don't want to transplant a plant ahead of time. Because it will, uh, it could die. So God will water you while you're planted. So that's yeah. that now. And then when it outgrows the pot, that's that not yet. Like, okay, now it's time. Yeah. And there's things that he, he, he can't reveal to us because I'll speak for myself. Uh, he'll, I'll screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm going to lead pastor. And so I have spent the last 37 years of my life trying to become a lead pastor when the truth is I haven't spent a single moment in my mind preparing for what the door that God has opened, but God all along has known this. And he's been preparing you. And he's been preparing me, and I haven't yeah. gotten in the way of that, I'm hoping, or that's my, that's my heart anyways. Um, so, um, but, so there's a now that God wants to speak to you what you need to know now, and then there's a, a not yet, that he's going to, some things that he's yet to reveal to us, but he wants to over time, and oftentimes he doesn't give us a start to finish, but he'll just give us the next step. And some of you follow the GPS, you can find sometimes how frustrating that is. Or you'll skip too, and you want to see all the turns along the way. But at, in the Christian life, oftentimes all that we need is just that next step. Because yeah. it involves and it engages trust and faith. Because if we know like what the next couple turns are going to look like, then there's really not any faith. You just follow the plan, yeah. and you, know, you can mindlessly just follow direction. But um, anyways, but I, but I believe at the end of the day... How does a person find their calling or purpose in life? Because God wants you to know it more than you want you to know it. 
the best way is to pursue Jesus. Yeah. That's, uh, that's <laughs> right? what I wrote down. I said with closeness to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Because that's where it's, this all comes from. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, I don't know, it's like ne- needing gasoline, but never, never like going to a gas station <laughs> or never finding out where in the world do you get gas. Uh, I don't know. I just know I need it. Uh, but it's yeah. like, no, that's the very source of, of all these things, our, our calling, our purpose, our identity, all the things that kind of wrap up our calling and our purpose, and uh, it's, it's found in him. Yeah, with closeness to Jesus. I was, I, it made me think about Elijah when he went and had the Mark, Mount Carmel experience. He called down fire from heaven, and he had this amazing moment, but at that point, he's like, after that, he got a threat from Jezebel. He wanted to die, but the Lord led him to a spot where he could get close. Yeah. And from that spot, from that, from that spot, he took and the Lord revealed to him his next step, his purpose, his, like he, he revealed it. But it, Elijah had to get himself to a position where he was close and intimate with God and so, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So with, with that said, how, how do you know, talking about your calling, walking with God, with closeness to Jesus, your purpose in life, and this is something that applies to all of us. If I were to ask, how many of you guys want to walk in God's will? Just show your hands. Yeah, yeah, like 100% participation. So... Um, in 20 minutes, we're going to give you guys everything you need for life. No, no, but how do you know if you're in God's will? So, um, let me see. I'm opening up to a passage. If, if, you, want, if you want to take a stab at it first, um, you're, you're welcome to. Uh, well, <laughs> so I actually wrote a follow-up question after we answer this question, but um, how, for me, how do I know if I'm in God's will? A uh, couple things. Am I, have, am, am I walking with Jesus? And um, are the fruit of the Spirit evident in my life? Like there are passages about the will of God where it says, you know, be, be, thankful, um, be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you. But um, the, I, I think that when... When you're walking with Jesus, when you are um, pursuing what he wants for you, the fruit of the Spirit will be evident. And that's the will of God at the end of the day. Sometimes we think that the will of God is really hard to walk in. It's a narrow path through the jungle. And if you make one step, you're out of the will of God. And, and it's not like that. It's more like a freeway. And if you're going towards Jesus and you're pursuing Jesus and you're saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Produce this fruit in me. And you're allowing him to produce the fruit. That's proof that you're in the will of God. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, and then kind of the, the follow-up with that is you, you had said, well, so how do I know if I'm in God's will? And, and is God's will always easy? I think sometimes uh, I'll speak for, for pastors our churches, we can come to a place where we'll, uh, in, in essence, we're, we feel like salesmen at times because we have like something better than any product you could ever find on the shelf. But at the end of the day, we're trying to sell people on this idea that this is the best decision that you could ever make is to walk into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we don't really fully lay out what that all what that entails and I know it takes a long time to do that but we get this idea that it's always rainbows and unicorns on the other side of the rainbow or the pot of gold waiting for you the moment that you pray a prayer and you got this get out of hell out of get out of hell for each card and there's no troubles no no pain no suffering and it's like that's kind of the opposite of what Jesus promised us right yeah and uh, so is God's will always easy I would say rarely no yeah 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 no that's you know like I, I'm just speaking to about my my own uh, journey and and but I think about it in, in Romans chapter eight I think it's twenty nine says that in essence that God's goal is to make us more like Jesus yeah like that's what he's about he's not about making us happy 
He's not about making us rich or, or, or blessed or comfortable. or comfortable. And those things, those things can, can absolutely flow out of it. But at the end of the day, if, if God had one thing to accomplish in us and, and, and everything were to flow from it, it's that I want you to be more like Jesus. Yeah. I want to conform you into the image of my son. And, yeah. and, and there's this idea, I mean, you hear passages about how iron sharpens iron and we're to sharp one another. I don't, we have lots of rough edges, all of us. And, and there's something to be said about the, the, the context of community, but just in our relationship with our heavenly father, like he wants to make us more like his son, Jesus. Yeah. And that's a painful process. And if you don't think so, you need to read the gospels and, and read about what Jesus' existence looked like. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Did you? Did no, you jump I, in I, on that? I, I think that's. I think that's actually a beautiful example. Like, is His will always easy? And you, you said rarely, and and I think that's so true. Like, but He empowers us to walk in it. So, uh, with, with walking in walking His will. It's not always easy, but he gives you the strength to walk what he asks of you. And so, like, for instance, forgive those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. That's his will. And, like, well, that stinks. And then he turns around and says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. So even in those moments where Ori says, no student is greater than the master. If the world hated me, it's going to hate you too. And, like, well, that's his will for you. Persecution and hatred of, from the world to you, but how we respond is with love. The, we, love the, we, not, we don't love the things of the world. We love the people in the world. And that, that's the will of God, and that's hard. And, but the cool thing is he empowers you. Yeah. Uh, he empowers you to do it. So it's not just um, he's asking you to do an impossible task. It's literally impossible to walk in His will apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The, the the if you if you look at Romans chapter five, where the the fruit of the Spirit is, He lists out the acts of the flesh, and He juxtaposes that against the fruit of the Spirit, and that's a big word for Arkansas boy. <laughs> yeah, but He takes and He puts them right right in line with one another so we can see the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, drunkenness. He goes through all these things and then he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's in sharp contrast to how the world lives and this is the will of God for us. Love, joy, peace, patience. So it's, that's beautiful. It's possible only through the Holy Spirit though. And I think sometimes we have this misconception that, you know, life is difficult or something horrible has happened to me. I must be outside of God's will for my life. And, and, and this is not a new thought pattern. I mean, that's what the disciples said when they saw, when they saw a lame man. They're like, or I think, was it a lame man or a blind man? But they're like, what has this guy or his parents done to receive this? Yeah. And Jesus was like, Nothing. But the, the glory of God could be revealed. In essence, yeah. the power of God can be revealed in this guy's life. It's, he didn't do anything wrong, and that's why he's this way. It's, God's going to use that for his glory, and it was for a moment that, that he had in mind and predestined. And, and yeah. So. yeah, no, and that, that's, that goes back to, like you referenced Romans 8.29, but Romans 8.28 says that God makes all things work together. For good and so when you're walking with God even the worst stuff God is going to bring about his glory in it yeah. so the next question we have here and this is a big one how many of you guys have ever just say I just want to hear the Lord's voice I want to know what he wants me to do I'm, I'm going to raise my hand yeah, yeah. I just activated Siri <laughs> <laughs> oh uh. yeah so the question at hand, and I pray that this is enlightening, and the, the two pastors just talking, but how do you hear God's voice? Yeah, there, there are so many ways. Yeah. I can think about, uh, I can, and I'll say this, that God will often use the very way that you're not expecting to grab a hold of your attention. I mean, ask Balaam. If he'd have thought that morning waking up if his donkey was going to have a word for the Lord from for him. Yeah. And the answer would have been obviously no. 
but I've found myself in Balaam's shoes as well in that, wow, like my son will say something. And I know it's not coming from him. And it's like directly from the Lord, all in a passage of scripture. And well, earlier you mentioned that like your, your pastor from California at, at Christian Life Assembly, mm-hmm. is, that, is that right, CLA? Yeah, yeah. Um, he reached out and said, would you want to come back and take, take my spot when I retire? And that was the voice of God to get your attention because yeah. you, you never had a desire to be a lead pastor. No. But God used that. Like he spoke to you through that without, without saying directly like, Ben, I want you to be a lead pastor. But um, with, that, with, with that said, obviously the word of God is his number one way to communicate to us. And so, um, can I borrow this for yeah, a second? Yeah, of course. If you get a word from God from someone that doesn't line up with the word of God, that word is not from God. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, um, the God, how do you hear God's voice? Does it line up with this um, first and foremost? Yeah. But with that said, is it scary when, when you do get instruction or you hear God's voice, because um, I think that sometimes we, uh, maybe scary is not the right word, but um, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, it but like, it, is it scary? Is, is, the, is the voice of God scary? I think it can be, but um, how would you, how would you, answer that follow-up question um so so the the best way because i know that for like when especially when i was a kid i used to hear this story about god speaking to samuel like he audibly heard his voice and he thought it was he thought it was uh, eli and so he goes in there and three times he you know thinks eli is calling for him and then he's like wait a second i think something else is going on here okay so eli, or so samuel if you hear that voice again, this is what you're supposed to say. And, and then we read this amazing story about Samuel hearing the audible voice of God. The crazy thing is, is that um, most times in scripture, when people heard the audible voice of God, uh, crazy was about to break out mm-hmm. and it wasn't always good. So I don't know that, you know, requesting to hear his audible voice is what, you, what we're after as much as if we really understood what that means when he decides to yeah. break through our actual audio type layer. But I do know this, that that we hear God's voice or the voice of the Lord with our heart. Yeah. We hear it with our heart. And, um, and I don't know about you, but I found more times than not that, that it's not that God's speaking in moments when I don't hear him. It's that the soil of my heart isn't right. It's not, rece- yeah. it's not willing and ready to receive what he has to tell me. That's good. And, and he doesn't stop speaking. I mean, it's the living, active word of God, whether, whether he's speaking through like a scripture or, or the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. And once again, lining up with, with the word of God. But um, Jesus said in, in John chapter 10 that um, my sheep know my voice. <laughs> he said, uh, let's see, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so he speaks to this relationship, and it kind of goes back to where we were talking earlier about how do you know you're planning and your purpose or your calling for your life, like spending time with Jesus. And how do you hear God's voice? Spend time with Jesus because yeah. he's, he's talking. I mean, he's literally right here. Jesus is the, the living word of God. But he also will use the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts as well. But spending time and this idea of I'm shepherd, they're my sheep, they know me. And you can't know something unless you've spent time and you've learned one another. Yeah. And you've spent time in one another's presence and gotten used to. And I'd say this, I think that mo- a lot of people have heard the voice of God throughout their life, but they've never identified it as such. Yeah. And... And it's because you're expecting the Samuel-like experience. Ben, go to Walmart. And it's like, it's not going to be like that. And, uh, and it's great that it's not all like that. Now, there are times when it's so clear, so crystal clear, you're like, okay, that wasn't me. But oftentimes, you're thinking, I don't know if that's me or the Lord. You know, but I think most of us have heard, if not all of us, have heard that voice of God in our lives. We just haven't identified it as that. But um, more, once again, with Jesus speaking about this, that my sheep know my voice and I know them. Um, 
that, that speaks about this relationship that's built over time. Yeah, and I think that whenever the Lord speaks to us, and he does, like, does it bring peace to a situation, or does it bring chaos? Does it, like, even though, like, when, when the children of Israel heard God's voice on the mountain, they said, I never want to hear that again. It scared the, the, the bejeebus out of them. But um, with that was the audible voice of God. But I, I remember at the end of last year, I think Andy was leading worship or something. And I, you walked off the stage. Nathan was preaching or Amy was preaching. Someone else was preaching. And I felt like the, like the whole time during worship, you might have been leading that day. And I just remember thinking, I want you to go talk to Ben. And I didn't know what to say. I just had like, I need to go talk to Ben right after worship. I need to go talk to Ben right after worship. And um, I'm like, well, I have this opportunity. Like, I, I, I believe this is the Lord. And it wasn't like a voice. It was a passing thought. I couldn't get out of my head. Like, I got to go talk to Ben. And I left and I went back into that, uh, the volunteer room and Ben was getting coffee um, like, like it, it, Ben always has coffee, so it's fine. <laughs> no, and I just said, I, I feel like I need to talk to you. And as soon as I started talking to him, the Lord said, okay, I want you to just to, to And what I said, it was kind of interesting because, like, looking back at what, what the Lord said to you is, like, how things kind of played out with Henderson. And I was like, wow. But the Lord never makes a mistake. And that was in December, and how, here we are in June. So... The Lord's never wrong when he speaks, and I think so often, I think he, he, he doesn't, he wants us to walk by faith. So I think if you're asking, Lord, is this you? That's a good opportunity to step in faith. Because it takes faith to step when you don't know for sure. If you knew for sure, it wouldn't be faith. Um, what, what do you do when... Say the Lord has given you like that word, like I said, I think that God's going to move quickly and it's going to be suddenly and it's going to work out. I think I even said with your lease or something like that. And I said, I think Ashley's going to be a big part of this. It was something to that effect. Um, but, um, but that was in December. And six months later, you know, and, and other people have spoken similar things to you even before that. And what do you do while you wait? And like that, you got a promise that God is going to move, that God is going to use you, but it hasn't manifested yet. What do you do while you wait on a promise of God? Because some of us are there right now. We're waiting on God. Some of us have gotten words from the Lord. Like you know that it was a word from the Lord, and it ha like and it hasn't come to pass. Like the Lord spoke salvation over your children, or uh, like you're going to have a you know a healthy pregnancy, and you're like. Well, I've been told I can't. And, and so what do you do when you wait <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on that, a promise? That's where I found myself. I, I've had people probably for the last year and a half kind of been speaking these things over us at random points. Someone from the congregation even came up to said that you're called to pastor a church. God's already got those people. He's already got that all figured out. He's got a people for you. He's got it all worked out. You don't have to worry about it. He's just going to make it happen. Then, then. I don't know, a year later you, you spoke that, and then I want to say a month after you spoke, we're in some random coffee shop for the very first time, and a guy comes over, and he's like, I've got a word from the Lord from you, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be good. Crazy. Right. <laughs> Put on your seatbelt. And I was, you know, because you just don't know. Sometimes yeah. people are like, i got a word for the Lord, and they're like, God's got a plan for you, man. He's going to use you in a powerful way, and I'm like, okay. Thanks. But that's not what he spoke at all. He like, he spoke. It was almost like he and Ryan had been texting because Ryan was the only other person on the face of this planet that knew some of this stuff that we were filtering through and processing. And he comes in and he just speaks it and like down specifically and he had a word for Ash and it was like everything that it, it was lining up. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And so over the course of probably the last year and a half, kind of been wrestling with that. And at the end of the day, we're also supposed to, in essence, like, discern you know when someone says i've got a word from the lord you, you can't just own it like picking this up and trusting it yeah. you kind of have to weigh it yeah and um which thank thankful for this that you can pick this up and just own it you don't have to wonder like is this 
really God's word? But you do when someone comes up and speaks that. But in that moment, I find that waiting is not easy. And it's not just because it's if you're an impatient kind of a person and, and, and it's like, you're like, come on, hurry up and get here. But waiting in and of itself is an act. It's not passive. There's nothing yeah. passive about waiting. If you're, generally, if you're genuinely waiting like, like God invites us to wait on him. Yeah. Um, nothing bad comes from waiting on the Lord either. I mean, think about what the scripture says. Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. <laughs> like, oh, that's encouraging <laughs> but it kind of puts him in the driver's seat yeah. and it takes us out and i remember there was a, a uh, there was a sermon that you gave or a message that you gave on waiting on the lord and you made it kind of this illustration of waiting on the lord is like is anyone in this room ever waited tables or waited on you know whether you're a host or or that so that waiting is not passive and if you think it's passive, you won't keep the long, that job for very long. But yeah. it actually takes a great deal of work waiting on the Lord. And, and that doesn't like mean we're sitting in the recliner looking at our clock going, any time now, because if you did that at your job, you'd get fired. Yeah. But waiting on the Lord is this active thing. And so the Isaiah 40 things talks about eagles. And this is something that my dad had mentioned to me. Um, he, he got a, a book given to him. And he's just had this fascination with eagles ever since. But this idea of this, the, the illustration for that passage in Isaiah is, is, is an eagle. And so what eagles do when storms hit, and you may find yourself in that kind of a season, or maybe, maybe you've been there. And uh, what they do is they will find some place, uh, and it's usually kind of somewhat up high, but, you know, whether it's on the cleft of a rock or up in the middle of a tree. And rather than finding all this protection, they get out in the midst of it and they turn their face against the storm. And they look, and they look up and they're just pelted with whatever's hitting them. But they're looking up. And the way that God designed an eagle is, is they do this and they will wait for a, a hole of opening in that storm where the sun comes through. And so an eagle is designed by God to sit with its face against the storm, looking up for the sun. And when it sees the sun, it doesn't matter if it's in the worst midst or the, 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 the most dangerous part of the storm, the moment it sees the sun it shoots straight up to the sun through the hole, and it will, it will fly right through that opening up above the storm. Yeah. And so the very thing that it was pelting them, and they were just probably in that moment thinking, I don't know what an eagle thinks, but if we were an eagle, I know what I'd be thinking. Are we done yet? This is stupid. I don't see any point to this. Why does it have to rain on me? There's an eagle down the street that hasn't been rained on in a month. Why does he have to rain on me? But eagles look for that opening, and when they hit that opening, the way that God designed them, they're up above that storm. And they're literally, it's sunshine. Yeah. But that's the way that he designed uh, eagles. And so when it says to, to wait on the Lord, an eagle literally is designed to do this, to wait and, and it's probably got to be a lesson in patience and, and self-control to like, I'm an eagle. I can take this and just go in there and try to beat up the clouds. But it'd literally be like airboxing a storm. But they're waiting for that opening. And the moment that hits, they go and they follow and shoot towards the sun. And they're up above. And so then the rest of the passage talks about, and, you know, you can mount up on wings like eagles. And that's the picture there, too, is like, man... One moment you're pelted and you're waiting on the Lord, and when he opens the door, he opens the sky, and you see the sun, S-O-N, going after him, soaring after him, and, and then he is the one that gives us, gives us that. Uh, well, that, that kind of that goes into the next question, because like so often when we think we're waiting, like what, what Pastor Ben said, it, it's, it's not passive, it's intentional. And, and there's, I think that's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit produces in us patience and self-control because when something's not happening I know my reaction is I'll just take care of it I'm gonna go do it like my dad always taught me like if you see something to be done get it done 
And, but that's not necessarily the right thing to do with the Lord because you can't, number one, you can't force God's hand. Like, you're running a fool's errand if you think you're going to dupe God. You're, you know, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And like, God's like, I see the intentions of your heart here. So um, with that said, though, um, we could think that while we're waiting, things aren't going according to plan. And so, uh, which is the next question. And so it kind of merges. Uh, how do you respond when things don't go to plan? And, and like, I, I actually wrote something <laughs> out so I don't forget. But when things don't go according to our plan, they're still in God's plan. Um, and I think we forget that sometimes, that his plan takes precedence over our plan. His will takes precedence over our will. And I, I was reading... Um, I was reading in uh, Habakkuk the other day, and this hit me really hard that God, Habakkuk comes at God with this complaint. It just straight says Habakkuk's complaint, and he, he's complaining to God, and God says, I raised up the vile nation of Babylon they're deployable, they're, they're awful, they're wicked. And it says, God raised up the wicked nation. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, in my head, like, why would God raise up this? But even, like, if you understand, Babylon would go away laced. They would go away waste to whole nations. They would just cover them, take their people, everything. They would just wait. And they would do horrible, wicked things. They would kill people, sacrifice children. I mean, like, horrible nation. And it says God raised them up to accomplish God's purpose. And, and I say all that to say that when things don't go according to plan, that God is it's still within God's plan. Even when Satan attacks you, Satan, if, if, if this, the tabletop is the sovereignty of God, Satan does not operate outside the sovereignty of God. He still has to operate within what God allows in your life. So when things don't go according to plan, it's still part of God's plan. And, and I think that in the course of the last three years, Romans 8.28 has become such a life-giving verse to the point that I probably annoy Amy, my staff. When things don't go according to plan, I'm like, well, God makes all things work together with the for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like, at the end of the day, even if it doesn't go according to me and how I want it to work out, God is working it out. And that's a, you know, what do you do while you wait? How do you respond when things don't go according to plan? Um, I've, I've, I've heard multiple times in conversations, I know what the word of God says, Ryan. I'm like, well, that's what we're supposed to stand on. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's good advice because even like the storm itself, like in the picture of the eagle, is uh, even in that, uh, it's, that storm is, is used by God, you know, to sharpen the skills of an eagle. Yeah. The skills he's already given them. And, and you know, to, to get that much better at it and to become... Uh, and for us, and then the term in terms of that that picture as it relates to us, to become that much more dependent on Him, to keep our eyes that much more fixed upon Him, and looking mm -hmm. for Him in the midst of whatever you find yourself in, and and yeah, that God, I I've used this phrase ever since we've uh, ever since I've, we've met, but that you've basically said, you've said it in different ways, but God doesn't waste anything. Like at the end of the day, God doesn't waste anything. He. Like, he doesn't know what it's like to waste. He doesn't need a recycled basket or a, or a toter outside of his house. He doesn't waste a thing. And, and, and there's, with that, there should come a high level of, of trust in terms of, like, well, I don't know how anything good is going to come out of this. I don't know how you'd make something out of this, but the scriptures are very clear. I mean, he makes beauty from ash, strength. I mean, so there's, like, God doesn't need perfect conditions. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, everything, even Satan himself has to move within the realm of God's sovereignty. And that should liberate us. That should free us to not have to figure everything out, but to lean into him. And to trust him more yeah. because he's working things for our good and his glory. And so with, 
with, you know, finding your calling and purpose, the will of God, hearing his voice, the promises, and when things don't go as planned, there comes a point we could have all that, but if we're not the type of person that is postured for God to use, he won't use, even if we have all this head knowledge. So what kind of person does God love to use? And this is something that we all need to pay attention to because if I were to ask, not to say that I'm taking surveys, but if you say, because I think anybody who loves Jesus would say, I want to be used by God. And I think I know you guys enough to say, yeah, I want to be used by God. So what kind of person does God love to use? So the, one, of, one of the things that come to mind, because this is probably, there's a list of things that God uh, loves to see in a person or, or the kind of person that God loves to use. But for me, it's uh, those that make themselves available. Those that, that make themselves available. There's something about the act of surrender mm-hmm. that, that um, it's not like it, God needs that in order to, to, to do his thing. But it's almost like that that activates something within us that allows him to know that he can trust us, so we're not going to get in the way. Yeah. And uh, there's something to be said about like there's many times, many things that you've said, but there's something to be said when a person just says yes to the Lord. Like I don't, I don't know if you picked the right person here, Lord, but but if this is what you've asked me to do, I'm going to just say I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to surrender and submit what I think you should do or what I think I shouldn't or, or, or you know, I'm, I'm just going to give, I'm going to give that over to you. Yeah, what, what, I, what I've discovered in just being pastoring here at C1 in that um, the Lord asked me to do something just like, I, I've shared stories, so, but like just walking downtown, I can't tell you how many times I have not wanted to walk downtown it's hot right now. <laughs> Out like walking at a leisure pace around the square creates a gallon of sweat. And if I could get my car to run off of sweat, that would be great. But the other day, like I was I was kind of wrestling. I was like, Lord, I, I don't really want to do this, but Lord, you told me to do it. And because you you asked me, I I, I love you. I love you and I want to be obedient, even though it might inconvenience me. It, it makes me sweat um, like crazy. Um, but the other day, I, I, I just walked down, and I was praying. I was praying for the church. I was praying for our city. I was praying for our nation as I was walking, at, and I was asking Lord, the Lord to give me boldness to, to, share, to share my faith as I was walking, and I would be looking at people. As I'm walking, I look at people. Not creepy. I can do that, but... I was just like, Lord, do you want me to speak with them? I'm, I'm having this conversation because Jesus didn't just talk to anyone. He, he was listened to the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I got all the way almost like within like 100 feet to my car. And I was like, well, I felt like I wasted a walk. But I did pray. Obviously, prayer is never a waste of time. But, and I looked to my right, and there was a guy, and the Lord said, pray with him. And I thought, okay. And he, 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 uh, like all of us, you know, like he was walking up without a shirt on. He, and, and he, he looked like he had some rough life, so to speak. And, and I just turned around. And I said, sir, can I pray with you? Literally, because he was walking past me. And he said, as soon as I saw you, I thought you were going to pray with me. And so, like, God was working on him as he was working on me. And, um, and he got to share, I got to share the gospel with him and I've been texting him this whole week, just encouraging him. And it's so it's, it's like, are we available? Like, even if it inconveniences you, cause God isn't necessarily worried about your convenience when there are people that need Jesus. But the cool thing is as you go about your life and you're willing to serve and you're willing to be used God will use you in the rhythms of your life. Like that's like Jesus literally did miracles along the way. That's literally what it says, you know, he would be walking along a path and someone would come up to him because he was already going because he was willing. Like blind Bartimaeus, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus healed him as he was already walking outside the city. But oh, and, and I, but I love as well about, um, you know, that, that there's, at the end of the day, um, we can, like the disciples in that moment with, 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 with the blind man, we can get an, an idea of how we think God works. And I hear people say things like, oh, you're so talented. And, and so the, the flesh or the ego part of me goes, oh, that's really nice to hear. But the spirit inside me goes, oh, no, please don't say that. Because I've read the Bible. And I know the kinds of people that God uses. And he uses the opposite of the talented. Like he uses the weak things. And, and he, uses, you know, the, he uses ordinary men. You could tell these men are unschooled and like, those are the kinds of people, if you find yourself, you're like, there's nothing special about me. It's like, you're a prime candidate yes. to be used by God. Like, that's, that's the kind of people that God loves to use because it's in those people, in those circumstances, in those situations where he comes in and everyone is crystal clear on, there is no way they're responsible for that. God gets the glory. Yeah. And people get pointed to him through that. So at the end of the day, it has... Very little to do with, well, I don't preach or I don't, I haven't been to Bible college or seminary or I have never read the Bible through once before or, or I'm not very talented or it, I don't talk in front of people. I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm scared of talking to anybody, let alone, you know, sharing my faith with them. It has very little to do with those, all those elements and has more to do with if we're a willing to surrender to him, to listen for his voice, and to obey him without hesitation when he speaks. Especially in the moments when you're, when, like you said, you're like, I'm, I'm not sure this is you or me, but I, I'm going to step in obedience and I'm going to go out on a limb. And like you've said many times, I'm willing to look stupid. If God doesn't show up, I'm going to take a step of faith. If he doesn't show up, I'm going to look stupid, but I'm believing that he's going to show up. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's not to manipulate God into showing up. It's just because it's faith. It's faith. You, you take, we walk and act by faith. And that kind of leads into this. I'm, I'm just going to go with this next question and wrap it up. But how do you know if a step um, to take is from God? And I, I think that that kind of answers it. Does it take faith? Yeah. Like, when you when you took and started talking to Pastor Terry about Henderson and stepping into this moment that the Lord's laid on your heart to be a lead pastor, um, Henderson Assembly of God looks different than C1. It looks different from, from CLA. It's a different group of people and everything. And so a couple weeks ago, you went and preached there and you had conversations with them. and But... As you were sitting there, you had you had to have discernment to know, okay, is this step from God? And so, like, since you just did this, like, I just want you to speak to it for a second. Um, how do you know if, if if a step is to take is from God? Yeah. Um, so, I would love to tell you that in that moment that I was so uh, discerning and so in tune with the Spirit that I just had no doubt no fears, and was like, it'd be stupid not to say yes. But that wouldn't be true. Uh, in fact, I, I have, a, I have a, a friend of mine, and, and he's a pastor, and he says, like, when I'm looking and about to make a decision, he's like, if I'm, like, 80% or 85% sure, I move on it. And I'm like, yeah. those aren't good odds. <laughs> If, depending on what type of personality you are, some of you, you need like 98, 99, 100% to be able to make the decision. And so I don't know what the percentage is for you. I'm not saying it should be 85%, but I am saying this, that um, I didn't like, the, the clouds didn't part and God out of the sky didn't say, go to Henderson. Um, if, if anything, I mean, we've, we're, we're full in on that. But other than the voting Sunday, I don't know these people. I don't know this community. Literally, you guys helped us move in yesterday. And so inside, they're still like that. Lord, I, I believe this is you, and I, and I believe this is what you have for us, but do we fully know that? No, no, we don't. I, I don't. 
But at the end of the day, when uh, in spending time with the Lord, and 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 then uh, and obviously if you're married, speaking to your spouse and asking, you know, what what's God saying to you, or what are you, how are you feeling about this? There's there's something to be said about. I don't think that God will give us that confirmation like 100% yes because it doesn't engage faith. And, and sometimes we, uh, we, we even after we've made a decision, we would like to get that immediate confirmation of what I said or what I did was what God wanted me to do. But where's the confirmation? Or, or why do I still have, like, why am I a little, a little unsettled still? And um, I think it's because we're human. I think it's because we still can't disconnect the, the flesh from the spirit. And that's this war that, that kind of wages in, inside of us. And at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I think if you're seeking the Lord and all the things that we kind of have left, led up to by this point, if you're for spending time with the shepherd, listening yeah. and tuning our ear for his voice, um, it's going to be less grabbing us by the shirt collar and yanking us around and shoving us into the proper door that he has for us. And it's going to be more of just that, that voice that, that leads. And you're like, I think this is you, Lord. And, and we continue to walk. And then we see another door open. And we're like, I, I'm going to just keep going through these doors. I'm going to keep saying yes because I feel like this is what you have for us. And, and all the while, still being human, still having those, those, yeah, those wrestling. natural like tendencies to want to go... I, God, I hope you're, I hope this is exactly what you have. My flesh is like, I'm not sure about this, but, but my spirit says, I want to please you. I want to honor you. If, yeah. if you're calling me into something, at the end of the day, obedience is, is my response. And so if I'm not doing that, you know, lead me the other way. And like a good shepherd, he does. But He does. Um, and, he, and he closes doors. You know, there are many times where I go to do something that I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to take faith, but it was, Faith activated by my own stupidity, not the spirit, if you know what I'm saying. And the Lord's like, and no, because he loves us enough to protect us from our own stupidity. Um, because he knows that we don't, we're not Jesus, and you don't hear the Holy Spirit perfectly, and I don't hear the Holy Spirit perfectly. And while Jesus was on earth, he had to discern the spirit and the voice of the Lord, and, and he had to walk by faith. And I think that's why... Sometimes I think when we're in situations, we got to close our eyes to what we see and, 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 and say, okay, Lord, I, what I see is not what you are doing because we walk by faith, not by sight. And our flesh will always talk us out of walking by faith. 100%. It will, our flesh will always lean on logic and not on faith. And um, I think that there are people today here that, man, the Lord's been laying things on your heart and you've been wondering, what does that look like? Am I in the will of God? Am I hearing his voice right? And I pray that, that just having this conversation has maybe illuminated, oh, well, um, what it looks like. What, how do I hear better? How do I, and it, always boils back down to intimacy with Jesus. And when we're intimate with Jesus, he guides us. The Bible says that he's a good shepherd. The, his sheep know his voice. And then what does David say in Psalm 23? He leads me beside still water. But only the sheep that are close to the shepherd get led. But the cool thing is, maybe you're away. Jesus is also known to lead the 99 and find the one. And he'll still call out to you when you're that one.